Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. The Mariners. Oh, the Mariners. Sweet, sweet Mariners. The sweetest of them all. Guess what? We're not going to talk about that. Nope. We're not talking about them today. Time to go to camp. We're not talking about going to summer camp. And making popsicle stick or origamis. Camp. We're not, not hanging out in the lake, camp. even though where we are going to is, I believe, near Lake Washington. Yeah, so yeah. We're going to Renton. We're going to the BMAC. We're going to check out some camp battles with some key positions for the Seattle Seahawks that we see. And if you're looking for someone that's going to battle for the sports team in this area, you might want to. Go over to Twitter and check out me, your boy, Coach Red, on Twitter at the real Coach Red, on Instagram at the real underscore Coach Red. If you want to see someone that's going to battle for the Eastern Washington Eagles, well, then you probably want to hit up your boy, Lefty France. Lefty, where you at? Eastern Eagles, go fight win. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lefty France, on Instagram at dfrance13. Also, go over and follow the pod at Coach Red Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, do it, do it. Intriguing camp. This first camp with some of the veterans that have been there in the past, like Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, no longer there. You've got some new voices in the leadership role. Probably Tyler Lockett's your most veteran voice on the offense. Defensively, you look heavily at safety position with Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. But with those guys, they're not in camp battles. We've got we've highlighted about six different battles that we see going into camp. And we'll talk about it a little bit. If there's someone that's out with an injury, we haven't included them in the battle, which they could factor in later. So first one we're going to go, it's going to be a couple of rookies battling at corner. With Trey Brown being out, should be coming off the pup sooner or later. You've been seeing Sidney Jones and Artie Burns running with the ones. So for that next guy up, because you got Justin Coleman and Ugo Amadi fighting out time in that slot corner role, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant are the two guys that you see battling for the next guy up in the cornerback room to start on the outside. Letty France, pick your warrior. Who are you taking in this battle? So... I, I personally am going to go with Tariq Wollin. I The reason is because I feel like he has shown the Seahawks that he is a complete athlete. And I was reading, some people are calling him maybe an even better athlete than DK. And it's just to have someone that size and that fast at corner it's tough to beat and he's got Kobe Bryant on height, speed. Uh, he is a little less familiar with the cornerback position, but refined, I think. Yes. That's a, yeah. Great word. Less refined, but I think Wollen, when it comes to the NFL, 
you're going to play athletes and Woolen is an athlete. I think that he beats Kobe Bryant. You know what, Lefty? I'm just going to do something where I'm going to pound the table for the person you don't pick okay. the rest of this episode, and we'll let the viewers decide. All right. Listeners, get ready to let us know who won the battles. I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant. Reason being okay. is he is more refined. He's going up against guys in camp where he's not as big, but he's not as athletic, but he's more technically savvy. And where that boils down to, I heard there was one, a couple of plays. He had a great day early on in camp where he's running stride for stride with six foot seven Colby Parkinson and making pass breakups on good passes down the field. This is a guy that's seen a lot of balls thrown at him in the college game. Usually when you're a top tier corner, like Kobe Bryant was, I mean, this guy was the yeah. Thorpe Award winner for the best corner in college football. This guy was getting tested because he had Sauce Gardner on the other side of him. So if you're looking for a guy, that can handle the hype, that can play at a good level, like you saw Shaq Griffin, like you saw Richard Sherman early on with with Kobe Bryant. You've got a guy that has the name hype that's built around him just in what his name is, yeah. and he has Mom. the goods to back it up. Can he hang with every elite athlete there? No, but can he bait them into – can he bait quarterbacks into throws? Can he bait those wide receivers to go where he wants them to go? I think he has a better shot at doing that right now than Tariq Wallen, who's flying just on athleticism. That's fair. I like good it. battle. That is a good battle. Battle two. We're going to go to wide receiver three is our battle right here. Uh, omission is D. Eskridge, who has not been on the field during training camp. So right now we've got a two-man battle in our eyes, which would be Freddie Swain and a guy that you brought up, Marquise Goodwin. Burner. I'm going to go with Freddie Swain. Um, Freddie's familiar with the offense. He's had a lot of big plays for the Seahawks, honestly. Has contributed all over the field. And I think he's earned a, a wide receiver three spot, honestly. Um, Goodwin is ridiculously fast, but we already have Lockett and DK. Swain's one of the guys that is a sleeper where people just forget about him. You know, he just is like wide open middle of the field. And you're like, how does, how is no one guarding him? But yeah, I think Swain has good, good win beat because of his experience with the offense and just being on the Hawks for, for a few years now. Thanks for making my point for me, Lefty. You said you already have the speed, but one thing I know, speed kills. Speed does so kill. You're, so you're telling me you want to put slower guys on the field. That's <laughs> no, the best I'm way. Not. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for letting me make my argument so simple oh, that it makes man. your argument look bad. <laughs> this is I know I wasn't on the debate team growing up, but man, <laughs> it would have been a good way to pull it out. Just over dramatized. I know you said one off comment here, but let me try to make that mm. what your whole comment was. It's politicking <laughs> 101, right? Here. So, Marquise Goodwin, the thing that I think is above Freddie Swain is the overall speed. This guy's an Olympian. Yeah. So, 
The other thing you look at is his tenure in the league. He's played for some pretty big programs. I think he came up with the 49ers, had yeah. some time with 49ers, had some time with the Bills, mm-hmm. ended up getting, I think, a pretty big deal from the Bills to be their over-the-top type guy. So I think when you look in terms of experience and adaptability to different schemes, and I think that's what you're going to see a lot more with the Russell Wilson list. There's going to be less improvising. You're going to be on script more. So I think that with Shane Waldron, you're going to see all sorts of things, you know, taking those deep shots, hammering the screen game, where I think that if you can get DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who are both savvy blockers out in front of Marquis Goodwin, you make that first block, he finds that seam and he's gone, where you might not be able to get that out of a Freddie swing. I agree that Freddie finds his way into the largest of holes with no one around him. We often (laughs) lamented that fact, but I think that – if you're in win-now mode, yeah, Marquis Goodwin could be the yeah. guy that holds the edge coming out of camp, even though Freddie Swain has familiarity with the offense in two years in the system. Yep. Battle, good battle. Number good battle. three, we're going to tight end one, Noah Fant or Will Disley? I'm going Noah Fant. I mean, we went and got him for a reason. Who's the only fifth-year option the Seahawks have ever picked up? Yeah, and it's like we grabbed him for a reason, and it's because he is a stud and ginormous. He's got great hands, uh, big body, just one of those tight – and he's young. He's a young guy that can just do it all for the Seahawks, and I think he could be a great red zone uh, guy for us catching a lot of touchdowns if they're trying to lock down DK and lock it. Um, I I think Fant wins this. I do like Uncle Will. He's but he has gotten injured a few times. I guess Fant and Disley have both had their injury problems, but I'm leaning more towards Fant just on the case of we went and got him for like picked up a fifth year option to get him. So, yeah. And you're saying he's also more athletic. Yes. So basically waffling on your last one on, yeah, let's not pick. So you went athlete, <laughs> not as good athlete, athlete. So I'll, I'll wait till the next one. We'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> in the next time. Probably, probably the more technically savvy guys. Probably yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Will Disley and reason being, is he's a more complete tight end. He can great in the run game. He's probably one of the better blockers out there, former defensive lineman. I've talked about this at ends, but he's also had huge games in the offense. I think that because he blocks so well, he often gets overlooked when he leaks out into the passing game. And I know that Gerald Everett last year was their primary guy on these tight end screens, but I would love to see them bluff this thing so hard and will disley hard down block pushing a guy down popping out and just trucking people in the secondary getting the wall getting his friends getting his buddies but he's also another big body guy he's got soft hands he doesn't have the frame that Noah Fant does but for me you don't re-sign will disley and give him eight mil on the average if you don't see him as a highly touted guy in your system do I think that you're going to see a lot more two tight end sets? Yes. So this 
point might be moot, but yeah, <laughs> but he gives you the versatility where you don't know if you're going to be in a run or a pass set. I mean, when you see Noah Fanton there, you know, more often than not, you're probably seeing these pass sets or might even see him flexed out where this is going to be in line. You don't know what the offense can hold. And I think this really also helps with the maturation of Shane Waldron as the offensive coordinator, getting into more of his field, staying on script, hitting tight ends, getting them more incorporated into this offense. Even though Russell Wilson was pining for the Seahawks to get all these tight ends, he just wouldn't hit them. You know, he liked Jimmy, Jimmy Graham for a while there, but after he got banged up, I mean, he was forgot about the TEs. He did. Where Shane Waldron loves, 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 loves those TEs. All right. To the next battle. Battle. Tackle one. Before we start this, we've got uh, Abe Lucas, third round draft pick and as Seattle Sports Radio said, Jake Hearn, the journeyman tackle, who was actually an undrafted free agent last year who started two games. So big-time journeyman. He might have the utmost starts above him <laughs> and the just you know experience oozing out the gang. But who do you take in this battle between Hearn and Abe Lucas? So I'm going to – I'm going to choose Curran, but I do think that Lucas moves in in a few, like after a few weeks. I think Lucas slides into that spot, but started off, I think Curran takes it. He has, I think it was five starts out of, played in like 15 games, five starts at right tackle, maybe. I think he started like three or four. He started towards the end okay. of the year. I know for sure he started three. I think he got – I think he played in 15 games because he was on some special teams, but he wasn't on the offensive line for all – Okay. I believe he probably played in five games, started three. Okay. Well, he has started. Man, making a case. Yeah. Lefty. You can – as you can tell, I'm I really switch. Pay Do you want to switch to Abe Lucas real quick? <laughs> no. Okay. As you can tell, I pay a lot of attention to our offensive line. Do you want me me to help you out a little bit? In the last two weeks, with Jake (laughs) starting a right tackle, Rashard Penny ran rubshot over the NFL. (laughs) Their their rushing yards per game and the game started by Jake Kern were near the top of the NFL, and a lot of that was due to Rashard Penny, but Jake Kern also helped open up a lot of holes as he's a more refined run blocker than a pass blocker. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, I took the words right out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, exactly. It was just building up the intensity of the of the battle, and then you just took them right out of my mouth. Well, I'll let you take some words out of my mouth, because now I'm picking Abe Lucas. I mean, Jake Kern's my guy. But here's the thing. You've, you've committed to – you didn't bring back Brandon Shell. You didn't bring back Dwayne Brown. You went with Charles Cross at left tackle, who's going to be cemented there. Why don't you get your two bookend tackles of the future on the field right now? Have them grow yeah. together. Abe Lucas coming from the run and shoot, formerly of the air raid. This guy is going to be a dancing bear out there. You're going to have two guys that are going to be more apt to be pass blockers. Since they've been in those air raid type offenses, 
you don't know what you're going to get out of the run game, but there's no better head coach to get you geared for the run game than Pete Carroll. I mean, yeah. there's, there's guys out there like, you know, Oh man, Shanahan McDaniels who are tricky. They don't need the top end quarterback. You've seen that with Jimmy G there. And now you've got McDaniels going to be rocking with Tua down in Miami. So you want to try and get those guys that can grate a little bit there on the line. So with this, you've got like a Jim, or not Jim, John Harbaugh, who they're a top tier running offense because they're a top tier running quarterback, you know? So with this, I think that Pete Carroll brought the guys in. We switched up. Mike Solari's out. You got a new, you got a new offensive line coach this year that has good familiarity with Shane Waldron. Get him in the trenches. Let's get these guys running together now so they can get their lumps a little bit in this first year and then grow together and lean on each other, being these two guys that were drafted in the same class. So that way you've got a better outlook, hopefully for this year and the future. Yep. I got lost in like word salad there in the middle. I should have lost in the sauce. More. <laughs> lost in the sauce. All right. Okay, well, let's speak. move away from uh let's move away from the offensive right. line where we yeah. yeah, exactly. our feels. Yeah, exactly. All right, deal. All right, we're gonna go to running back one with the retirement of well, with the cutting and retirement of Chris Carson. Sets up a good battle between Rashard Penny, who exploded at the end of the year last year and re-signed a one-year deal with Seattle. And then you go with second-round draft pick, not Kenneth. He only wants to go by Ken now. Ken Walker the third. Who you got? I got Penny. Um, Penny at the end of the season just absolutely killed it. Uh, showed what he can do when he's healthy. Just he's a stud and Honestly, even with if Carson was going to return, I felt like Penny was going to carry a lot of the workload. Um, So I just think Penny takes this this battle. Ken Walker will get a decent amount of touches. Um, I think he could get a decent amount of red zone touches, too. So. But Penny, Penny definitely takes this one. Oh, for me, it's Ken Walker. Oh. Look at the life expectancy of running backs in the league. It's not very long. Chris Carson got to a second deal, played one year in that, and he's on the shelf. You look at your time frame for running backs, you've already seen the fragility of Penny in the past. Do I expect him to be healthy for a full season? If so, great. Extend it long-term. Have a one-two punch you know, thunder and lightning, but yeah. Ken Walker, extremely durable, you know, played at Wake Forest before he transferred to Mi- uh, Michigan state. And he single-handedly beat Michigan that had at the time, the number two overall draft pick along the offensive yeah. line in a job who was basically a lock to be a top 15 guy before rupturing his Achilles at his pro day. So this guy went, five TDs, like 225 yards in a game against Michigan that's geared to stop the run, which I know because I watched the Huskies play them and they couldn't pass the ball, so they tried to run, and it was all futile. So (laughs) 
for him to do what he did against a former NFL head coach that gears himself on defense, whose defensive coordinator is now the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. So you got a pretty good defensive minded guy there for yeah. Tim Walker to do that in college. You expect him to be a workhorse type back. Hasn't been banged up. It's tough to tell. I want to take him. I'll ride with him because I can ride him into the next contract. Maybe not, might not have to pay big bucks to the running back positions okay. to start gearing up to make a run at a quarterback in the future or be able to cement more of these big-time deals like he gave to DK Metcalf. Boom. Mic drop. Well, can't do that yet because <laughs> we got one more. I got picked, picked it back up. Picked it back up. Mike's All back right. up. Weird. The Mike, Mike, one, Mike. The one camp battle that we saved for last is probably the most talked about camp battle for the Seahawks, and that's going to be quarterback one. Yeah. You know, Smith versus Drew Locke. Lefty, where are you leaning? Gino. Gino. I think Gino. This is Gino's town. You got Gino Suarez and Gino Smith. Yeah, exactly. Both GSs. Wow. wow. But it's actually ES. Yeah, true. But I'm taking Gino Smith. I almost said Gino Suarez. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I'm taking Gino Smith uh, because last year, he, I, well, he's been with the Seahawks for a few years. He's familiar with the offense, familiar with Shane Waldron's um, play style. And I felt like he did fairly well when he filled in for Russell Wilson. They were in a position to win each game. Exactly. And they didn't win all of them, but they were in a position to. Yeah. And I felt. I'm pretty sure they got hosed against the Steelers when they. But when, like 10 years, like 12 years ago or well, this last that, year? Yeah, <laughs> no, this last year. But, yeah, I, Gino, he doesn't have the arm strength that Drew Locke has, but I think they still stay on the run-heavy side of things, try to stay on the run-heavy side of things so we don't really need him to make the deep ball at times. But, I mean – I just think Gino's got it with experience and familiarity with the offense and the team. All right, Lefty, I have a question for you before I make my decision. Who would you say on the offense are your two most gifted players? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Okay, what? Where? Where do they <laughs> excel the most? The deep ball. The, yeah. I'm going yeah. Drew Locke here. <laughs> the reason I'm doing so is because with that run heaviness, if you can get a little bit of the gunslinger out of him, that's where he got in trouble down in Denver. Gunslinger. He had roster turn or coordinator turnover like crazy. He never had the same coordinator year in, year out. Vic Fangio hated the personality. Pete Carroll loves personality. As long as you're keeping the building in for the most part it's positive, he's wants you to have a personality he wants you to speak up he wants you to be a fun guy and i think that's what Locke does i think he's got a bigger chip on his shoulder than geno smith who has been relegated to a backup role and knows that that's his path saying does he want a starting opportunity sure but with drew Locke, he's young enough now where this is a make or break it type year if he can come in and do some good things does that lead to him being the longer term starter for the seahawks 
Does that give him a starting opportunity at another squad next year? Does he do enough to show that he could be a competent backup for the future? Because I think it really hinges on this year. For what you see for Drew Locke in the future in the NFL, whether that means he's on an NFL roster or not, comes down to what happens this year. This guy was a second-round draft pick out of Missouri, was looked as a fringe first-rounder, similar mold to Geno Smith who fell to the second round in his draft where he was looked at as a guy that was a fringe first-rounder. But I want to take youth, and I want to see what Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron can do to help mold this guy. And he definitely has more physical tools than Geno does at this point in his career. And catch some lightning in a bottle. You can make a run. Have him – have him lead you to the promised land again after a down year last year. And still you can run that run heavy offense, but make sure when you're taking those shots down the field, you're doing it smartly. You're putting it where only your guy can get it. Don't make these ill-advised passes trying to play hero ball, be able to play within the confines of the offense. Take those checkdowns where Russell Wilson for the life of me just hated taking those checkdowns, you know, Learn to yeah. take the checkdowns, and when you see that, even with Matthew Stafford, who's a big arm quarterback, he took some of those checkdowns, let his wide receivers do some work. He had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, it was fairly decent. What a Super no, Bowl. this is not me comparing Drew Locke to, to Matthew Stafford. Matt Stafford. I'm just saying that <laughs> Russell Wilson was adverse to taking the checkdowns unless it was play called for him. He always wanted the big play. Yeah. With Gino, you know that you're going to get the conservative play. You know you're going to get in the confines of the offense. But with Drew Locke, he gives you a little extra sauce on the ball that can make some of these more wild plays, which you need as an NFL quarterback. There's very few quarterbacks in the NFL that have had success, even for one year or sustained success, that didn't give you those wild plays, in which you haven't seen those from Geno Smith, but you've seen some of it from Drew Locke. Yeah. Give him the shot. That's fair. I like it. And the battles are over. Please let us know, one, who's <laughs> better at battling, and two, <laughs> who you would pick in these battles. And where you can tell us is on Twitter, where you can tell me, at the real coach Red. You can even tell me on Instagram if you want. It's going to be a little tougher unless you got some pictures of all these guys, and that's at the real <laughs> underscore coach Red. Lefty, if they like your takes – and your picks, where can they hit you up at? Pick me, pick me. <laughs> on Twitter, at Lefty France. On Instagram, at DFrance13. Or you can send it over the pot to the pod if you like both of our uh, battles. And you think both will win. <laughs> There's no losers. It's yeah. participation award. <laughs> exactly. If you, We're in 2022. participation award, go to the pod page. We're in the year 2022. Everyone gets a participation <laughs> award. Um, but send that over to at Coach Red Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, do it, do it. Be sure to follow the Seahawks through training camp. Make sure mm-hmm. to follow the Sounders on their quest to being back in contention for making the playoffs for yet another year. And follow the sweet, sweet Mariners because oh. there's not much better. I've even got people around town that are – that know I know a lot about the Mariners and they're not baseball people. Like, These guys are so fun. I probably should start watching more. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. Yeah. The Mariners are so fun to watch. So much fun. And that's going to do it for us tonight. So as always stay fresh.
Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.